All my friends are fighters. And here comes this guy, spends his life avoiding the fight because he knows he'll win. Hi, everyone, and welcome to OTP, One True Pairing. I'm Erica. I'm Marissa. And today we're going to be talking about Avengers Infinity War, which drops tomorrow, April 26th. So mild spoiler alert. Be aware. And we have some awesome guests with us today, Natalie Zuter and Emily Asher Perrin. We're really happy to have them here to talk with us about the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which, can you define that for us, Erica? For (laughs) those of us who might not know. (laughs) Well, basically, the Marvel Cinematic Universe is based off of the Marvel comics. And the movies themselves feature the Avengers. So Iron Man, Thor, Captain America, Spider-Man, now Doctor Strange, Hulk. Yes, even though those movies weren't as good as <laughs> the current slot of movies. Listen, they were they were what they were. Okay. Um, but this movie now culminates the entirety of everything that's been going on within that world. It also has um, Guardians of the Galaxy. Which I know. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, Guardians of the Galaxy is a fun film. Both of them. Yeah. And there's a the talking raccoon. What's and not Black so Panther now, right? And now Black Panther as well. So it brings this now movie is going to bring everyone together. And is that different from the comics? Does stuff happen in the movies that maybe doesn't happen in the comics or vice versa? It's slightly different, yeah. There are certain things that happen in the comic books that don't happen in the films. And I think there are some things that happen in the movies that they did for cinematic benefit that don't happen in the comic books. Okay, well, let's get to it because I have a lot to learn from you and our guests. And I'm really excited. (laughs) So... Now we're going to jump right into talking about all the different couples in the MCU with Natalie and Emily. So, hi guys. Hello. Hi. Welcome. Why don't you both introduce yourselves and tell us what you work on? I'm Emily Asher Perrin. I'm a staff writer at Tor.com where I've been covering pop culture criticism topics for about over seven years now. <laughs> uh, I'm Natalie Zuter, staff writer at Tor.com. I've been here for about four years. We're really excited to have you guys. Um, Marissa, admittedly, beyond her love of Chris Pine, doesn't know too much about the MCU. It's pretty pathetic, I have to admit. I've seen Guardians of the Galaxy, so I love that one. Um, But I'm not as well-versed in, like, the Avengers and all the kind of spinoff movies that those have had. Um, So teach me your ways. (laughs) But you're a fan of Chris Pine, so it's a good start. Thank you. We're talking about Chris Pratt, though, because Chris Pratt is Star-Lord. Also like Chris Pratt. Okay. Also a big fan. So. Yeah, right. her number one Chris though is Chris Pine yeah. of the lesser. That Chris's. is no, that's correct. I I agree. Are you a fan of the Chris oh. Pine? I am. Have you ever seen the the photo shoot of Chris Pine leaning on top of a black muscle car in leather pants? Yeah, have you? I have not, but it's very okay. important. You guys can get started, and I'm gonna go ahead and Google on my little iPad here, and okay. I might be like, oh shit, it Chris helps. Pine is no longer of the lesser pines. Yeah, it definitely. It, he's, it, he's ranked pretty high yeah. in our office. Yeah. He reorders things a little bit. Okay. <laughs> I feel like I'm with my people now. Aw, this is good. I see you have support. You don't have to give me dirty looks about my putting Chris Pine low on the four list Chris's. There we go. We've got got you. (laughs) So teach us your ways. Tell us a little bit more about the MCU as a whole, just to get us started. So in the MCU, we've got... At this point, what it's close to eighteen films or something now. I was assumed we were already in the twenties, but wow. yeah, we're, several we're, phases worth of films. Yes, and uh, as a result, we've had trilogies for different characters. We've had Iron Man, we've had Captain America, we've had Thor, and then obviously like sets of films about the Avengers, of which there have only been two so far. We've had the Avengers and Avengers: Age of Ultron, and so far the pairings that we've seen in those have been sort of individual. So in the Iron Man films, Tony is paired with the person who used to be like his 
personal assistant slash everything Pepper Potts. And in the Captain America films, Steve had an old flame from when he was, you know, Steve starts in World War II and then gets frozen and then ends up in the future. So his love interest was Peggy Carter, who was back in time. The funny thing is, you know, Emily mentions all the female love interests, but when we were, you know, coming up with notes for this episode, we didn't think about any of them. All the women yeah. sort of are, are have very short-lived times in the MCU, like, because maybe, you know, the plot dictates it, like with Peggy or um, Natalie Portman's character, Jane, like, I think Portman left the franchise, so they right. had to kind of write her out several she times. Done. She didn't want to do it. <laughs> and actually, I think Gwyneth Paltrow, too, and like, they had a joke in Age of Ultron where they kind of acknowledged that, like, oh, yeah, two of the girlfriends just, like, off-screen, they were breakups. <laughs> Which sort of brings us to, like Natalie said, the the pairs that we were actually thinking of more are actually either the, you know, you can view them as friendships or you can view them as slash pairings from, you know, in the fandom. Really quickly, let's define slash pairings for everyone because not everyone knows what they are. Basically, they're when fans pair two people together of the same gender. Emily, if you wouldn't mind giving us a quick example of what that is. Um, so there's people who really love Steve and Tony together. Okay. They call that ship Stony or Super Husbands. Love it. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Super Husbands? Super Husbands. I've heard Stony before, but I'd never heard Super Husband. That oh, makes me yes. so happy. But then there's the one with Hulk, isn't it? Star, Stark, Stark Spangled wait. Banner. Yes. <laughs> so if you pair all three of them. Incredibly patriotic. That makes yes. me happy to be an American. That is, yes. that is quite a thruple. Yeah, so. A thruple. Uh, Yay! Oh <laughs> I learned so many phrases here. <laughs> Thruple's a good word. Thruple's great. Yeah, and then there's also um, Stucky, who is uh, Cap and Bucky. Right. And that's an interesting pairing because actually it's way more common due to the MCU than it is to the comics. Mm. So in the comics, Bucky is like the Robin to Captain America. He's his kid sidekick during World oh. War II. Oh. And then the character got brought forward into the future the same way Steve did and had his like memory erased and he was this Russian winter soldier character. And then he's an adult. But as a result, there was no interest in romance between those two characters in the fandom. Hmm. Now, instead, they redid it in the MCU and Bucky grew up with Steve. They're yeah. good friends. Okay. They love each other very much. So there's kind of a fun fight there amongst MCU fans. Like, do you want Cap and Tony or do you want Cap and Bucky? You know, do you like Tony with Bruce instead? People love that pairing. They call them the science bros. Mm -hmm. So Science bros. Yeah. You saw more of it, I think, in the original Avengers. Yeah. Yes. When yeah. they're on... Um, when everyone was meeting each other and, and they were like, wait, I love science too. And they're on the ship and they're playing with, um, what is that, that the, the first Infinity Stone. Yes, oh, they yeah. are. Yeah. In Loki's yeah. staff. Yeah. yeah. And then you see them do it again in Ultron. You actually get a little bit more lab time with the two of them. In Age of Ultron, you get the sort of like them them messing around and breaking things and having to sort of reorder the lab constantly. <laughs> and Marissa, this is hot science. Like these yeah. two, these are two hot dudes messing around with science shit. I just picture like shirtless, but with like lab goggles. <laughs> Tony gets close, very unsafe, actually. obviously. Yeah, Tony does yeah. actually get pretty close. He wears yeah. like a tight Metallica t-shirt at one point, yeah. which is kind of cute. And just like, like some like scrub pants, shirtless, gloves, and like yeah. hot uh, goggles. They let That's him do like the, the the sleeveless shirt and nice. like yeah bare arms goggles. <laughs> that happens in Iron Man too, actually. That might be a good reason to just rewatch it for that scene <laughs> by itself. So tell us about you mentioned Cap and Tony and their relationship. Why do people ship them? So this partly comes from the comics. In the comics, Tony and Steve are best friends. Oh. And when the Civil War arc happened in the comics, there there have been two of them now. They've redone <laughs> the event, which is silly. But when they did the very first Civil War event, it was really emotionally fraught because Tony and Steve were at odds. They were on opposite sides of this fight. 
And at the end of the comics arc, Steve actually gets killed for a while. He dies. He comes back to life and everything. So there was a lot of sad emotion in the in the movies. They don't really get into the relationship as much. Mm -hmm. But because people know the relationship from the comics, they kind of go with it. They kind of layer it over. Yeah. Because the movie versions of them have a lot more friction, like starting Avengers. And there's so much going on. Yeah. Like there's so many other characters, too. Exactly. Yeah. You don't get a lot of time. And they sort of sort of squeeze it in here and there mm-hmm. but um it's actually super funny i'm i'm very much a, a stony shipper and part of that is because there is a there was a comic series called what if they do all these silly comics where they go like what if you know loki had mjolnir you know what if captain america hadn't gone forward into the future and so one of the what if comics was tony basically finding out what would have happened in different alternate universes where the civil war occurred mm-hmm. And one of the realities that he comes across is that if he had been born as a woman, he and Cap would have gotten married and the Civil War would have never happened. Tanya Stark. Yeah. (laughs) And I was like, well, I mean, and I showed this to to my spouse. I was like, so you're saying that if the character was female, they would get married? I'm sorry. I don't buy this for a second. Like, then then they are in love anyway and they would get... So our cake topper at our wedding were action figures of Stephen. Oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. (laughs) Yeah, so we, uh, yeah, we put, we put a little veil on Iron Man, but it's still very much the the male action figure. And which one was (laughs) dipping the other? I forget. It's Steve's dipping Tony because that was the actual panel from the comic. Yeah. I like it. That's awesome. Is that what you, so you ship them hardcore? Hardcore, yeah. And then Bucky got brought into it because of all this drama about um, Tony discovered because like Tony's parents had been killed, um, I think, seemingly in a car accident when he was young. And then he discovers that Bucky acting as the Winter Soldier had actually like assassinated them and that Steve oh. knew and kept it from him. And there was just so and it was one drama. of those things. Yeah. Like all the trailers, you knew that the two of them were going to come to blows, but you kind of assumed it was about the um, ideology. Yeah, and the, the whole, you know, should the government regulate superheroes issue. And instead you get to that point in the movie, and I remember being in the theaters, and they'd sort of started setting up the Bucky stuff, and I think I, like, grabbed my husband's hand and was like, oh, fuck, like, Bucky was the one who, who did in Steve's, I'm sorry, not Steve's, uh, yeah. Tony's parents. And, of course, there's the moment where he finds out, and, and he's just so sad. Of And, again, like, more emotion, I feel like, than, at least for me, than for any, mm-hmm. any Tony Pepper Pot stuff is like, okay, yeah, she puts a lot of time in, like, that's an important relationship, but the look on Tony's face when he realized that Steve had kept that from him, like, oh. Yeah, he's like, you know, he, you can't hurt Bucky. He's my friend. Tony says, so was I. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's like, bros. We were bros. And yeah. you knew this that really pivotal information and you didn't. And you kept yeah. it for me. And they actually, um, Chris Evans has said in interviews for the coming film for Infinity War, which is coming out. April that, 25th. Yeah, maybe I have tickets. Oh, yes, too. Oh, yeah. Thursday and night. We, um, we sort of were looking through the interviews and one of the things that Chris Chris Evans has been really open about, which is nice because they haven't played up the relationship as much as he said, you know, the fact that he and Tony had this fight actually did really hurt him. And he's going to be sort of trying to come to terms with that in this this movie coming up. Oh. So oh. they're putting the time in now, even if they weren't before. I know, but this talk of Chris Evans just reminds me that this is this in the next Avengers movie are going to be his last ones because oh, right. yeah. he's not coming back. Right. And there's a whole thing that he might die yeah, I feel like he'll ha- they'll have to right to be able to like redo the character. Or, I mean, I guess he could just retire peacefully, but <laughs> but they yeah. tend not to, and they tend to kill them off, and then they revive. But when it's an actor, it's not quite the same right. as being able to just draw them back. And in. that's true of a lot of the characters, right? That yeah, they're, they're coming up on the ends their of, contracts of their contracts. Are, yeah, they have uh, Sebastian Stan, who plays Bucky, actually has a he was signed up for a lot more films. Mm. So the the running theory, one of them at least, right. is that he might become the next Captain mm-hmm. America or cool. Falcon. 
because they've both done that in the comics. Yeah. That's actually a good segue into um, one pairing that I really like, which is Cap and Falcon. Okay. Yes. I have not seen that pairing much. They have a lot of chemistry. I mean, at the point at which that the opening of Winter Soldier, where he's just running <laughs> by him, you're like, you're you're deliberately flirting, Steve. So what's Falcon's like quick backstory? I don't know him at all. So Falcon <laughs> um in the comics had a had a very different background from what we get in the MCU. In the MCU, he's basically like a, a pararescue trooper person. Okay. And you find out later, like the assumption is that Steve thinks that he like flies planes and then, you know, Sam yeah. tells him he's like, I didn't say that. Yeah. And you find out that he has these Falcon wings, these mechanics. Oh, wings cool. that he uses and uh, Sam lost his partner during the war that he was a part of and basically has been basically left the the army and is now sort of working through his own PTSD by helping other soldiers okay. work through it as well cool so uh, it makes a lot of sense for he and Steve right, to yeah. like each other yeah because <laughs> Steve knows plenty about that and they're like they have amazing banter it's fun and friendly it's kind of like T'Challa and his bestie okay. in Black Panther nice oh, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to get, I'm trying to bring <laughs> what I know nuance to myself. yeah yeah yes. <laughs> no I, I, I loved that. your guys thoughts on on Black oh, Panther thank you, well, thank yeah. you. It was I, really I liked, fun to talk about I yeah. like the fact that you guys didn't just talk about, you know, T'Challa and, and Nakia yeah. or Okoye and Kami Lake, but also about, you know, his sister and Shuri. Yeah. Well, because that's like okay. the best pairing, really. Yeah. <laughs> well, and clearly the MCU puts a lot of thought into these other relationships. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, you can't just have superheroes shooting lasers at each other. It's like they have to actually have emotional underpinnings yeah. and yeah. stuff. Yeah, and like Civil War was so much of like these hurt feelings and being on separate yeah. sides. And at least my impression from Infinity War is it's basically, oh shit, we all got to put that stuff aside. Yeah, right. We have to work together now. Because <laughs> I mean, here Thanos comes... is here. Yeah. Right. So are there any good villain pairings? Oh gosh, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, Thor and Loki. Right. Yeah. Which, of course, people uh, people are like, it's incest. You're like, but they're not really related. So <laughs> yeah, who cares? Because he's an uh, ice baby. Yeah. Right? He's a frost giant. <laughs> yeah. He's a frost giant. What? Yeah. Okay, so in, you have to explain that more. In the first, <laughs> ice baby, ice baby, like vanilla like the song. ice, yeah, like ice baby. Yeah, okay. it's vanilla, he's vanilla ice's kid. Now I have context. <laughs> um, so in the first Thor movie, Thor and Loki, um, they're at odds because right. you know Thor is like the favored kid. Blah blah blah. He's gonna wind up being king of Asgard. All this shit, even though he's basically like a big man child who runs around with Mjolnir starting fights for no reason. Right. So they are like sons of gods then. Or they, yes. they yeah. are yes. yes, they are. I okay. mean they're gods, from kind of like of... a Viking god planet. Okay. Yes. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Asgard. Anyways. So <laughs> Ice Baby. Yes. Mm -hmm. They're actually the Frost Giants. And you find out within the first Thor movie that Loki is actually not the son of Odin. Okay. He is an ice giant baby oh, okay. who Odin rescues like they leave him out somewhere on a plane in the ice giant world and he brings him home and he raises him as he's own. actually the son of it turns out so it's partly like a they love him but it's also partly that it was a political move because right. he's actually the son of the king of the frost giants uh, okay. and thank you was, I forgot about that yeah it's, it's like a whole political maneuver so like he was gotten rid of because apparently you get the impression that maybe he was like a runt they said he mm -hmm. was like really small for a frost giant baby okay. and Odin sees him after they've had this battle he's been abandoned in a I think a temple and he's like I'm gonna take this kid and I'm gonna raise him and then you find and then Loki finds out right. that the whole point was that he was never Odin raised the kid saying like oh you're both maybe gonna be king of Asgard so you have to fight over it, yeah. basically. So it kind of messes up their relationship. And then Loki basically finds out that the whole point was that he was like, no, you were going to go to Jotunheim and rule them in our name. Uh, okay. Thor was always going to be king of Asgard. Okay. So they Sneaky. have like a, yeah, it's it's a, it's mean. It's a yeah. really crappy thing to do. And it kind of makes Loki go crazy for a while. But of course, the real, the, the real sort of core of that, that whole family relationship is 
They both sort of have bad a bad relationship with their dad, Odin, because Odin's a bad dad. They've got a really great mom who mm-hmm. unfortunately dies. Mm-hmm. And then the two of them clearly love each other very much, but are really bad at making that clear. Right. <laughs> and so this entire arc of Thor films has really just been about Thor and Loki being at odds and trying to sort of admit, like, no, but I really care about you and I would like to be there for you. Right. And so they have this sort of... Loki is a villain. Loki does bad things. Loki's the god of mischief. And then sort of by the end with Ragnarok, Thor kind of calls him out on his crap. He's yeah. like, you just do all this. You betray me all the time. And I don't I don't care about this anymore. Go your own way if you're going to do that. And Loki's like, what do you mean you don't care about me anymore? <laughs> it's really kind of sad. Yeah, it sad. is actually. Yeah. So there's a uh, Loki's actually going to be in Infinity War as well. And there's sort of like the question of is he going to betray? Because there's a, an assumption that one of the Infinity Stones was on Asgard. And at the very end of Ragnarok, you see Loki pass it by and kind of go like, oh, I want that. Can I take that? (laughs) And of course he does. You know he's got to have it. So the question is basically, does, was this his like long game plan? Was he always ready to be like, hey, Thanos, I got that thing you want? Or is it going to be a situation where Thanos is like, I'm going to kill everyone you care Mm -hmm. about, Loki? And Loki's like, here, have the Tesseract. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, that that bond is also a big deal for fans. So you be mentioning the Infinity Stones brings us to another one of the couples that you guys had thrown in your oh, mix. Yeah. <laughs> My boy Vision yeah. and Scarlet Witch. Okay. So this I think you'll enjoy. <laughs> okay. Like Vision basically is kind of, he becomes like the sentient version of Tony Stark's computer. Yes. Where okay. Tony like builds this really intelligent computer that helps him with all his stuff. And then in Age of Ultron, he becomes like a real boy. Okay. Like it's like the computerized version of cool. Pinocchio. Okay. Yes. And mm-hmm. he has an infinity stone in his like cranium. In his brain. Or yes. in his head. In his head. Yeah. Like right there. And he becomes cute Vision. Look. Okay. It's a very cute look, actually. <laughs> it is. Uh, it Paul Bendy makes it work. Um, he I'm does. concerned for his head, though, if they need the Infinity Stone. Exactly. <laughs> we are all very concerned okay. for his head. Yeah, so they've been sort of playing this. It's a little awkward. They've been playing this potential romance between he and Scarlet Witch, which is, you know, weird because, of course, you have the, there's like a double weirdness with the age difference. Paul Bettany is older than Elizabeth Olsen. Right. By quite a bit. Well, yeah. usually happens in Hollywood, yeah. annoyingly. And that, but then on top of it, technically speaking, Vision is like two years old. <laughs> Yeah. As, as an actual being. Because yeah. <laughs> he comes of age, he's basically a grown man baby. Like, right, he knows yeah. nothing. Okay. Yeah, and he's sort of got, he's got wisdom from from having sort of been Jarvis, the AI. Right. And then whatever, he sort of gets imbued from the, the Infinity Stone embedded in his forehead. But he's still basically learning how to be his own unique individual person. And he clearly likes Scarlet Witch. And in what we see in Civil Wars, he's overprotective of her in a way that is actually really kind of, it's a little creepy. Yeah. He sort of doesn't want her to use her powers. He's like, everyone's going to be scared of you and I'm just trying to help. And you're like, no, you're being controlling and strange. Don't do that. And what almost like her powers? negging unintentionally of like, yeah. well, nobody's going to understand you. and Except for me. Yes, yeah, so I don't know anything about Scarlet Witch. Her powers but are I like her name. They are they are complicated, weird powers. Yeah, I feel like I couldn't actually tell you. Like I know she shoots lasers. She maybe also has something sort of psychic-y or like telekinetic. She's got telekinetic stuff. She also has the ability to kind of manipulate physics stuff. Okay. So she can like, you know, she's capable of sort of creating shields and propelling energy and using matter weirdly. Okay. Like it's a very I, I think actually the way that they've sort of done it in the films is a bit different from how it's done in the comics. I'm sure. Yeah. She accidentally kills a bunch of people in um in Civil War in the beginning because right. yeah. she like diverts an energy blast into a building. Uh, okay. Yes. Yeah. So she's clearly, you know, and she's age wise young but also powers wise is yeah. young. She's figuring out how to Yeah, she has all this power and figure out how to actually like funnel it. 
Yeah. Right. And well, so, I never really thought about him as negging her before. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think he'd even, like, know he was doing such a thing. Right, it's like they're, he's they're like both, a baby, but also you're like... a naivete to it, but yeah. also like, oh, buddy. Yeah, so yeah. it's like they have an, in Civil War, her, you know, her sort of surrogate superhero dad, Hawkeye, comes into the house and is like, you need to leave this boy. And she's like, yeah, you're right. Okay, let's yeah. go. <laughs> and so the question of, they've been saying that that their sort of romance is still going to be really important in Civil War, not in Civil War, in, uh, in Infinity War. There's so many wars. <laughs> and so that's a, a sort of an interesting question because we don't really know where they get left by the end of Civil War. Right. Yeah. We don't know, like, if they're really on good terms and if they are, like, why, like, his vision sort of figured out that he was overstepping his bounds in the last film and he's kind of realized that he should let Wanda do what she yeah. wants. But then, of course, if anything does happen, we're pretty sure that Thanos is going to come and rip that gem out of his head, right. in which case he's probably just going to deteriorate and vanish into nothingness. Right. Aww. So sad. Yeah. And there's no indication, of course, like, if he does do that, there's we don't really know if we can get Vision back. Yeah. You know, like, the, the like, way that he was created was pretty complicated. Yeah. <laughs> like, what is he without the stone, kind yeah. of? Yeah. Interesting. I mean, he was nada, uh, and then right. he becomes Vision. So if I had an infinity stone in my head, you know what I'd become? A criminal. I'd become the spokesperson for an ad break. <laughs> we have a lot more after this with discussions of Hulk and Black Widow and more of what we have to look forward to in the newest movie. So what else do you both think fans have to look forward to in this movie from a relationship perspective? We sort of know Scarlet Witch and Vision, but anybody else? Well, I'm assuming that, um, yes, I'm assuming they're going to play up the Scarlet Witch Vision thing. Well, there was a recent like uh, set interview with Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany that a couple of outlets reported on where they were very much kind of pushing that. And she made some comment of like, well, it's so great to like to have something to work with or to work with this. And we were all kind of reading the subtext of like, OK, it seems like. They're trying to sort of artificially amp up this relationship mm-hmm. so that you have feels about something happening to Vision. Yeah. But so I feel like if anything happens, that's maybe not going to be the most genuine reaction. Yeah. But, but we were assuming otherwise, definitely Cap, Tony, Bucky, some combination. Right. Of... Also, um, Tony and uh, Doctor Strange are going to be hanging out a lot in the movie. And oh, my God. I'm so excited about yeah. that. And they're in the comics. They have a joke. They call them Tony calls them beard bros. <laughs> so the the question here is sort of like if they get along, I mean, will it be sort of like that comics buddy buddy thing, which is always fun. And then also Hulk and Black Widow are going to see each other for the first time since the end of Age of Ultron. Uh, okay. He bounced. Yep. I have to get on my soapbox. <laughs> I was so irritated when they made them a couple in Age of Ultron. It was mm-hmm. just like, okay, where the fuck did this even come from? <laughs> you are yeah. not alone. So Black Widow and Hulk, they both show up in separate movies. Um, Black Widow first shows up, I think, in the Iron second. Man 2. Iron Man 2, yes. She first shows up in Iron Man 2, and Hulk obviously has his own films. So in Age of Ultron, all of a sudden, now they've worked together, and she goes to track him down when they're first putting together the Avengers. Then all of a sudden in Age of Ultron, they're like a couple. Like and already it, a couple, or there's like, they come together? They, they come together. together. Okay. And it comes out of nowhere. There's no flirtation. There's no like witty banter yeah. between them that's slightly sexualized in any way it's just okay i'm gonna come and rescue you from you know the bowels of brazil where you're hiding out to try and keep yourself from becoming the hulk to now we're in hawkeye's house with hawkeye's adorable pregnant wife and his kids we're showering and we're in love 
where the fuck did this even come from? <laughs> and does it happen like, in the comics? Like, help me, guys. So it, it does not. Um, actually, the, the person who Widow has been with the longest. So first of all, Widow did have a relationship with Hawkeye, which is why Joss Whedon sort of teased that maybe that was the case in Avengers and then took it back. Was like, no, they're just best friends, which is the way that it is in the comics now. Okay. They're okay. just, they're best friends. Because I feel like I remember that a little bit from the Avengers, the first yeah. movie. Like, yeah. there was that teasing of yes and that to me made sense yeah and they definitely they had a relationship very early in hawkeye's career when she was still a russian spy okay and she basically uses clint and then they and then they become best friends later on and so there's still that's still the case in the comics like he calls her his work wife okay um and the whole thing with uh with widow in and in the comics is that she actually is with bucky she and Winter oh, okay. Soldier have a relationship right. wow. because the point is that he was in the Red Room when she was being trained. He's one of the people who, while brainwashed, trained her. Wow. So they have a very intense, really cool relationship. And there was a, a slight hint in Civil War that maybe that was coming. The line can be taken two different ways. Uh, the point at which they're fighting during Civil War He's, like, trying to strangle her because he's been brainwashed again, so he doesn't really know what he's doing. And she looks at him and she says, at least recognize me. Oh. Mm. And so there's a question about whether or not she means, like, from the Winter Soldier film Mm -hmm. back when they were fighting then, or if she actually means we know each other for real. Oh. Sneaky. Yeah, very (laughs) sneaky. And then, um, so there's never really been anything with Widow and like the this very clearly like I think it was a very it's a very Joss Whedon type of relationship you know he he puts it in the script the first time they talk they're having a conversation at the Avengers like post fight party and you know she points out to him that she's kind of interested because he's the one guy that she knows who wants to run away from fights not be a part of them and you're like well that's cute but also not the basis of an entire romantic entanglement. Right. You know, it's okay. Well, and, and the next thing we know is them at, you know, Hawkeye's house and her being like, here's this pregnant wife. I can't give you children. I'm a monster. You're a monster. We shouldn't be together. And it's just <laughs> and it's like weird. whiplash. Yeah. Yeah. Mind-blowingly Also horribly yeah. offensive. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but I feel like they did a similar thing with Hulk and Widow that I'm worried is going to happen with Scarlet Vision, uh, Scarlet Witch and Vision, <laughs> which is this like artificially amp up a relationship suddenly just so that you'll like, get to the emotional, like, checkpoint they need you to get to. Right. Yeah. And then have his head ripped off. <laughs> right. Yeah. His head stone ripped Sorry, off and then he disappears. stone ripped yeah, it from matter. him. There's it definitely right. a shot in the trailer of, I think, Thanos or someone going like, for the stone. Yeah. 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 Grabbing his face. So did, and this is Age of Ultron, you said? Yeah. Yes. So did the end, they're still together or we don't know? No. So what happens at the end of Age of Ultron is um, Widow basically forces him to turn into the Hulk which he doesn't want to do. Oh, She's okay. like, we need you in the fight. You have to do this. She pushes him into a, you know, a pit. And then he comes back out as the Hulk. And he's visibly betrayed by that choice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he gets into the Quinjet, the Avengers Quinjet, and flies away. And she tries to track him and he turns off the tracking in the ship. And the next thing that you know, he's on a planet on the other side of the galaxy. Uh-huh. Yeah. In Thor Ragnarok. In and Thor it's been Ragnarok. two years. Yes. Okay. And so the whole point is that somehow the the plane got sucked into a wormhole or something. And he ended up on this planet where he becomes the champion for the Grandmaster. And when he finally, he stays the Hulk for two years. He doesn't change back into Banner. And then in Ragnarok, when he finally becomes Bruce Banner again, he's like, where... Well, how's Nat? How's everyone? What's going yeah. on? And Thor's like, you've been gone for two whole years, guy. <laughs> oh, wow. So, yeah, he's he's probably going to be very eager to talk to her again, but she's probably moved on quite yeah. a bit. Okay. I would think so, because he fucking jumped in a plane and flew away. Yeah. But also good, because they made no sense. <laughs> yeah. Um, I do want to talk. I did kind of ship Hulk and Thor in Ragnarok. 
That's cool. Oh my god, yeah. They were so fun. Work buddies. (laughs) They were so fun. So basically, in Thor Ragnarok, Thor winds up pitted against the Hulk in the Grandmaster's like fighting pit. And Thor is all, hey buddy, I miss you, (laughs) blah, blah, blah. And you know, Hulk grabs him and kind of, you know, he hulks out on him. Yeah. And it's magic. And they have an amazing (laughs) fight. And believe Thor winds up winning this fight yeah. yeah well he's about to win it and then the grandmaster like tases him yeah so that he can keep him as a fighter uh, yeah so he doesn't die and then the rest of the movie is them kind of buddying up to get off this planet and go and save asgard from kate blanchett who is amazing right. in this film yes i yes. saw the trailer she looked scary you gotta watch it she's scary as fuck she well i'm not gonna tell you what she does yeah. to thor because okay. it's bad but also does amazing she cut off his hair <laughs> no Stanley cuts off his hair oh. <laughs> Jeff Goldblum has his hair cut off because oh. Jeff Goldblum is also in Thor Ragnarok yes. okay. Jeff Goldblum is my other bae having way too much fun Yeah. could you imagine what it must be like to be an actor getting paid a crap ton of money to basically just goof around it's on camera be fun. it's pretty much the goal so speaking of fun these movies are obviously meant to be like action packed and everything but people also really connect with them on an emotional level with the characters and their relationships so why do you guys think that is i think that they're they're on a really high emotional scale so instead of it just being like oh yeah if we break up it would be sad and it would be weird for our friend group these relationship breakups can totally mess up the entire planet everything <laughs> is like turned up to such a degree that Anytime something goes wrong between these people, everyone notices. Like, they even say it about if, like, you're into Thor and Loki. Nick Fury says at one point, these two had a a grudge match that leveled a small town. (laughs) So, like, that's what happens when these people don't get along. And then when they do get along, it feels that much more triumphant and big. I think that's a big part of it. That makes a lot of sense. I feel like if we had a fight, we could level a small town. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Um, So, capitalizing on that some, what about the relationship in these films do you think really inspires all this fanfic? Is it really just that emotional connection? Is it just... I've always been really fascinated by the amount of fanfic that comes out of the MCU in particular. And especially seeing, like, the pairings that are obviously not what are meant to be the relationships, but all these kind of slash pairings that are like, well, they're supposed to be with this person, but I really want to see them with this person. Like, what makes fans change everything up well, like that? I, I think a lot of it is on the chemistry of the actors. Mm-hmm. There's a whole other dimension. There's obviously, yeah, like all the fan fiction with, you know, this embodiment of Tony Stark, this embodiment of Steve Rogers. But there's also like the press tours of the movies where you have Chris Evans, you know, has that cute habit of every time he laughs, he like grabs his own peck or like grabs <laughs> someone else's peck. And it's like they kind of lean into it. Um, yeah, they do. They've got a they've got a bunch of like photos of the two of them like getting close to one another, like they're in a kiss. Or you always <laughs> see like there's photo series of Mark Ruffalo when he'll like pass other MCU actors on the red carpet and he looks so delighted to see them it's like buddy you're in the movies too it's okay (laughs) and so I think it's like a nice mix I mean I definitely have not read as extensively into the comics as Emily has and I've read some of like the new ones and I can kind of appreciate those those things but I think in this case it's yeah it's like seeing it's the extra dimension of like seeing what the actors do within how as a franchise the MCU kind of leans into it and like catches on to those dynamics and I think in some cases like writes to them or yeah. Yeah. or you know put separates them so that you're going to yearn for them yeah. to get back together. Yeah. Yeah. But on, and on top of that, the other thing that I always think is really interesting about fanfic and about those transformative works, I think people go for it's like when they go for the non-canonical pairings, people go for the places where they see themselves. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's true. And I think that they go, you know, they go like, "Oh yeah, like if if I wanted if I was going to be in a relationship, I would want to be the Loki in a relationship. Mm-hmm. I would want to be the Cap in a relationship. Yeah. And then you pick the person that you like the best. 
right. that you would want to be, you know, paired with and you ship those characters together. Right. I think that's a big part of it, too. Well, and that must make it so much more fun for the fans that the studios and the actors are leaning into it and being like, we hear you and we might not actually write them together as a couple, but like we're going to give you as much as we can to kind right. of feedback on it. So. Yeah. That's really fun. Well, and I think so much, you know, superheroes as they're written or as they're performed by these actors, the suits and the powers and like the actual manifestation of their powers in many ways, you know, matches their personalities. Mm -hmm. And so I think like what Emily's saying about people identifying with, it's not just identifying with the way maybe that one of them looks or the way they express themselves. It's like the whole package. And so when you start playing that game of shipping, you know, yourself as a character or the character that you see yourself in with another character, you're also thinking about, well, what do I look for in a mate? Right. And like, how do those, which of these characters the way they like present themselves and manifest themselves was that say about their personalities and mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. We're going to run through all the couples real quick and we're going to do ship it or skip it. Okay. Scarlet Witch and Vision. Skip it. Skip it. Skip it. Kind of skip it. Yeah. Cap and Tony. Ship it. Ship. <laughs> I kind of ship them too, but not horribly much. I guess I'll ship. It's kind of like a half <laughs> ship. We're going to go half ship. It's a small me. boat. <laughs> okay. Cap and Bucky. Ship that too, really. <laughs> I wouldn't say skip so harshly, but yeah, it's like, eh. I would say skip because I like the idea of them being best friends more than. I agree with that, yeah. Yeah. actually. So best friendship. Cap and um, Falcon. I ship the shit out of the two of them. Yeah. Yeah, I can see it <laughs> a lot. And I, I ship like, mo- I ship a lot of things. So yeah, I would go for that. <laughs> yeah, I'd say I lean towards ship. You got, you guys convinced me. with reminding me of all yeah, the chemistry. Because they're amazing. <laughs> Wait, I'm trying to remember who else we did. Oh, uh, Black Widow Hulk. That's right. Black Widow Hulk. Skip it. Skip. skip. Hardcore skip. Um, and then we also did uh, Black Widow and Hawkeye. Touched on. I Well, and that, that's one of those rough ones for me. For the comics, I ship. For the movies, absolutely not. <laughs> well, I kind of ship for the movies, but mm. mostly just because I don't like Hawkeye slash mysterious pregnant wife. I don't like that either. No, I'm, I'm hoping Infinity War is crammed with so many people that we know and love that we won't have to bring in random ass characters yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. I don't know that she ever, she probably got a name. She does. Yeah. And I'm blanking on it right now because that's how forgettable it was. Yeah, I'm like, Pam, Delilah. I think it's Lisa? Liz? L- anyway. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Less Doesn't of matter. secret wives, more of Shuri. That's what yes. I want to say. Exactly. Before we let Natalie and Emily go, let's do a quick round of Fuck, Mary Kill, B. Yes! Yeah, yeah. Okay, so okay. we want to know of the Marvel Universe, your Fuck, Mary B, Kill. So Wait, who, what does B stand for? Who you'd want to be. Like, what superhero oh. you'd want to be. <laughs> like, B-E. Emily just wrote an article like, about this. Yeah. Yeah. I, I about, did. It. Yeah. I did, technically, yeah, yes. Yeah. Okay. So go. Who wants to go first? Oh, jeez. No, yeah, we second. did this already, yeah. so I feel like we don't have to. <laughs> yeah. Anybody you want. Okay. Ooh. Yeah, this is not an easy game. <laughs> this is because there are so many people. <gasps> Start with kill. I feel like that's easier. Who do you want to? Who would you want to kill? Oh, Star Lord. Sorry. <gasps> yeah, actually, <laughs> he's I kind of a bad. douche. It's okay. He's kind of a dick. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's or, sort of just by comparison. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. that's fair. Listen, think, there's okay. no judgment. This is a judgment-free yeah. zone. <laughs> yeah, I think. Well, you know, you introduce a guy by being like, he has no idea who he just slept with, and I'm like, no, dude. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you can't can't go back from that. Yeah. Okay. Who would you so want both- to be? Uh, for me, it's a toss-up between Tony Stark or Loki. Huh. Yeah. I either want to be, like, a jerk with all the toys or I want to be a jerk causing people problems <laughs> by shape-shifting. So that says a lot about me, I think. We've got ha- to hang out more. <laughs> yes. See, for B, what comes to mind is completely someone we haven't talked about, uh, Darcy from the Thor movies. Nice. Where That's basically, like, this, like, 
mouthy, smart-ass, like, great human who, you know, runs around in adventures and stuff. So, um, okay, I think I want to marry Hawkeye, but not just be a secret pregnant wife. <laughs> okay. And fuck Bruce Banner. Cool. Nice. Mm, whoa, wow, that's an interesting choice. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I think I would say marry Captain America. I mean, I am kind of married to a Captain America. And um, fuck Thor. Nice. Yeah. Ooh, Good shit. choices. <laughs> Too late. Too late. Lost in your answers. <laughs> Thank you, Natalie and Emily, for joining us this week. This was a lot of fun. Make sure that you guys please check out our tour.com piece on all of our favorite science fiction and fantasy ships. Marissa and I talk a lot about our particular favorite show, Orphan Black, because it's awesome. Uh, Be sure to also rate, comment, and subscribe wherever you guys get your podcasts. And follow us on Twitter at OTP underscore pod. And next time, we'll be doing a really special Mother's Day episode. And this drops next week instead of in two weeks. So definitely keep an eye out for that. It's going to be fun. Cheers. Cheers. (laughs) (laughs) One True Pairing is lovingly produced by our goddess, Becky Celestina, with support from Alexander Abnos and Katie Ferguson. The senior editor of Macmillan Podcasts is Alyssa Martino. To find out more about OTP and all of Macmillan's other awesome shows, visit us at us.macmillan.com slash podcasts. Listener.